This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share His love. Good afternoon. Yeah, do we, it's afternoon. It We're is. We're just jacking things all over the place. We should. Today. We should. Um, this is episode number... 26. 26. 26. And it's... Uh, your old pal Josh and uh, JB, yep, spiritual formation pastor, Radiant Life, and uh, worship arts pastor. That's right. And yep, so Josh, much more. to start Let's, our podcast off, I feel like we need to address the glorious hat in the room. Talk we do. About that. Uh, so check it out. This uh, for those of you that are are watching, you get to see this magic. If you're listening, mm-hmm. you should jump on YouTube. Yes, and just to be able to scope this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a wonderful gift dropped Hold off. Hold on. I never started the recording. <laughs> Haley, the audio is rolling. I'm all jacked up. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now, the clap that I just did in Adobe Audition is going to match the clap of the video. Red light's going. Let's check the audio. Okay. Let's, let's, just I just, yeah, just sensing the... <laughs> I was uh, talking about Reformation. I mean, it looks like stuff is is going. I think is it all? Yeah, is it going? Okay. All right. So, yep. Okay. I checked our sample rates. We're matching on the DAW, and we're matching on the console. So, all right. We got our do our clap one more time. Okay. Here we go. Well, hello there. Hello, everybody. It's episode number 26. 26. You're, Reflections. Uh, you're good buddies. Pastor yep. JB. Yep. Pastor JB, worship arts pastor, and... Pastor Josh. Spiritual formation pastor. Yeah. The reason I knew it was episode 26, little do you know, uh, we had to do another take. So, yeah. We it did. A, it was a whole thing. Yep. So, here we go. But what about, well, what about your glorious hat? So Let's I'm talk rocking, about that. I'm rocking a hat today. Well, I mean, you're rocking a hat today, too, mm-hmm. but... But uh, this is a pretty cool hat that I'm wearing. If you're if you're just listening to us, you should pop on YouTube so you can yes. see this hat. This was a wonderful gift dropped off to my house uh, last Thursday by our, our very own Caleb Northrup. One of the worship leaders. So he wanted to congratulate me on successfully identifying yeah. a flavor. Yeah. Granted, it was I got it by smell more than taste, but... But I, I correctly identified the strawberry okay. in the strawberry last jam. episode's uh, you know, coffee tasting. You, you did okay on that one. Let's see how you do this week. Okay. You know what I mean? Because so, I know I know the I know the tasting notes. Um, I know what we're drinking. I'm hoping this hat brings me yep. a little bit of here we good, go. Good, let's, good stuff. Let's here. see what happens. So where first where where hmm. is this from? Like yeah, how can mean, you uh, guess if I don't tell you? Gosh, I'm sorry, Josh. You don't have the information you need. Right. This is from Madcap Coffee. And this Grand is Rapids. a spring blend called New Moon. Which is atypical for you. It you is. You do not typically do blends. I don't. I, I generally prefer... I'm just going to turn this over. I'm covering the tasting notes just to make sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't usually do blends. I like single origin coffee, but uh, this one had a really, really fresh roast date when I happened to be in Grand Rapids at Madcap, so I bought it. Uh, it's made some really, really nice espresso, which espresso almost always is a blend. Um, but it's brewed some good coffee. Josh, okay. how are you feeling? 
What do you think? Let's see. So it's hard when they don't have like a region, you know, because like, true. you know, the Ethiopians are fruity, mm-hmm. but yeah, if it was from Kenya, it'd be grassy, Costa Rica, grassy, earthy, which I mean, earthy is a good word for this. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they use one of those, yeah. but let me, let me roll it around my tongue a little. Yeah. Let it roll off the sides. There's some prominent flavors there for sure, though. Now, it's been a while. Okay. It's been a while since I've had one of these. One more sip there. Okay. Let's get a close-up here. Smelling it? Okay. Good. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb. Right. And say plum. Plum, okay, okay. So there's two more. Let's see. Let's see how you do here, Josh. So, plum, the fruit. They're wonderful, by the way. Plums are plums good. are good. Have yeah. you ever had a plum cot? It's like a plum and an apricot blended oh, together. Oh no, I have not. But I bet they're that really is good. good. They're really I bet good. That is good. Yeah. Okay, so plum, plum, and it's got like a feel. It's got a feel to it. I'm a, so now. I'm not. I'm not usually a huge coffee drinker. I'm a tea drinker. Okay. So okay. I think it's got like a like a little bit of a tea feel. It does. There's a little clarity to it if you look at it even in the cup. All right. Well, there's a lot of kinds of tea. Are we talking like peppermint? No, uh, no, no. No, mint? it's it's a little more Pearl Grey. It's a little more little more floral. Okay. I'm gonna go with like a chamomile. Okay. Tea. Okay. All right. There's one more tasting note, Josh. Let's see if your hat has helped you in any way. Now, I might just be copying from last week because one of last week's, if I remember right, mm-hmm. was was pomegranate one of them last week? It was. It was. I'm going to. You're locking gonna, that I'm in? Gonna, I'm going to lock in pomegranate. Okay, so Josh has locked in plum, pomegranate, and chamomile. People? <laughs> <laughs> we get, okay, we got it. Just get it. Oh, it's not it showing. Was, it was. What do we got? Come on. Oh, oh, oh. Plum, pomegranate, and chamomile. Wow. What do you know? What you, wow, That's Josh. the hat. The hat. All I'm just gonna, three. I'm just going to thank the hat uh, the, for its contribution. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how hard it was for me to keep a straight face? <laughs> I was laughing. Okay, people. So we're coming clean here. Today is Tuesday. I was like, I can't hold it together. We're not very good liars. <laughs> Today's Tuesday afternoon. Yesterday we recorded on Monday mornings like we normally do. And some of the gadgets in here didn't work right. And so Haley reached out to us and she's like, the audio is dropping out. Sure enough, I go back to the master audio file and there's these dropouts. There's no way you can fix this. There's nothing that Haley could do. There's nothing we could do. So Josh knew the tasting <laughs> notes from yesterday. And we put on this big ruse thinking, we're going we're gonna to just play this out and let the listeners think, viewers think that Josh is That's like a right. wizard. So honestly, yesterday when I drank this, the only, the only thing I could come up with was actually earthy. So that, what I said today, yeah. that was the only accurate guess. The honest and, part of and it. That's not even like a real guess. That's just more of a general <laughs> category. Um, <laughs> But uh, yes, I am not 
I am not that good. We we're gonna so, get better as we keep drinking coffee, but it's good coffee. So I here's yeah. a, here's a question. Like, okay. and we've talked about the flavors. And again, it's not like they add anything to it. But do you think? And I don't I don't know all the science behind taste. Mm-hmm. But do we? Is there like a like a limited taste memory? Like, I mean, so like if I haven't had a plum in four years mm-hmm. like what are the odds that i'm gonna guess pl- like that's not anywhere in like the the periphery of my my taste memory if that's even a real thing so i think that's exactly the opposite because like the science sh- shows that your taste and your smell which are both very linked to each other are powerful powerful parts of your memory but do, like does it i'd be curious to because I, I i know i've heard that with smell but like does that is it just like, oh, hey, you get this smell, and I, I think of, you know, grandma's house. You know, like right. th- it's it connects it to some other thing, mm-hmm. or the or is it like it's its own thing? Like I taste something, and I'm like, oh man, that tastes a lot like this other thing. Right. I don't know. I yeah. just I was just curious. I don't know because I mean, and and like pomegranate outside of like pomegranate juice, right? Like I don't, I haven't really done anything with pomegranate in. You haven't eaten a pomegranate. Oh, that sounds, I think I was in like first or second grade. They're really delicious. And and I had a pomegranate. They're really good. The little but, seed things and they it's like, yeah. So I don't know. I was just wondering about that. Like how how recently would you if, if you're like a, a flavor scientist yeah. and you somehow stumbled upon Radiant Reflections podcast, uh we would love it if you would comment on that. Yeah. Or just if you uh viewers and listeners have, have an a, opinion. Have anecdotal, you know, evidence. Yeah. Speaking of opinions, perfect segue. Oh, that was yeah. so awesome that the way you well. set that up. That worked well. Uh, opinions. We talked about opinions and facts uh, in this past Sunday's message, which yeah. was a little bit of a a big deal. Why was why was this past Sunday a big deal? It was Resurrection Sunday, Easter. It was the day of the year that we celebrate the empty tomb. Uh, wonderful celebration. The church was. Utterly packed with people, especially uh, service number two. Yeah, second service three was services. bonkers. It was bonkers. Like, I think there were people right next to the subs uh, on the front row there. It was it was pretty crazy. Highlighting is, the fact that we just, we need to have a bigger facility. Yes. I mean, it's one of those, it's, it's exciting, but you also, like, you feel bad. You feel bad for yeah. the people that end up sitting in, like, a folding chair. Right. Because you're like, well, crud. Like, I'm sorry, like, because that's yeah. not. Yeah. Like that's not the normal no. experience. There was a ton of people like out in the lobby. We had a boatload of people out in the lobby too. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah. it was really good. It was really it good. Was. Uh, we had, I, if I remember the number right, I think we had 28 baptisms overall. Wow. And we had a handful of salvations. Yes. Uh, it was just, yeah. I mean, it was God great. God was moving and grooving. But Ryan did kind of launch into the message portion uh, of Resurrection Sunday, talking about the differences between opinions and facts, kind of helping us differentiate between those things. Unpack that a little bit more, Josh. Well, yeah. I mean, so we did, we just did like a fun little uh, opener with some candy, right? Like we've got opinions about a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? You probably have a lot of opinions about church. Yep. You probably have opinions about God. Politics. You probably have opinions about <laughs> politics. <laughs> well, you know, we, we do. Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you, I'm sure there's probably research on this, but I mean, yep. like you probably have an opinion about just about everything that you've ever experienced. Yeah. Uh, the trouble is sometimes we treat 
Jesus and Christianity mm-hmm. uh, as, oh, well, that's that's your opinion, mm-hmm. right? And particularly it, with kind of the cultural narrative right now of, well, hey, man, that's your truth. Right. right? Those but are the words. Is, but this is my truth. Right. And it's like, uh, no, like there is still the truth. Like mm-hmm. there is an objective, absolute mm-hmm. standard uh, but we've lost that a lot in today's culture. Yeah. So, you know, you go to talk about particularly about the exclusivity of Jesus, mm. uh, which he claimed, right? This isn't us just trying to keep people out. This right. is Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. No one comes to the Father except through me. Except through me. Right. Absolutely. So, so he is He is the only way yeah. to gain access to the Father, mm-hmm. to to eternity with the Father, right, which we would call heaven, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, He's the yeah. way, yeah. And and so it's it's hard in a world of opinions to to sometimes tease that out because you get up there and say that, and we'll think, well, that's that's your opinion, that's mm-hmm. your idea, that's your thoughts on the whole spirituality thing. Right. But I've got my own opinions. Well, at like at the end of the day, there are facts, mm-hmm. and we have to consider those facts. Somebody so, has to be right. Somebody has to be right, right? I mean, I mean, and you you will hear this. You will hear this put out by people. Yeah. Right? Well, basically, all religions <clears throat> at yeah. the core they're the same. I don't know of any other religions that would agree with that. No, right? so to be like, I mean, I mean, you're they're like, no. well, you know, you're all pretty much you pray and you you probably got some holy the book. The only people got, that say that are universalists, right? Or well, or or atheists when they're angry at all the religion right <laughs> yes. right but yeah universalists have seven uh ways that they believe you can enter heaven seven different uh faith-based ways so yeah it it, it gets it gets dicey when mm-hmm. we treat some of the truth claims in scripture mm-hmm. as just a matter of opinion yeah because that's not what they are Right, and you and you could say, well, Josh, that's just your opinion that they're a fact, and like, <laughs> that's true, though. I mean, I it, mean, it, it is it objectively is. that's but, true. But but you have you, this is where it comes to you. You weigh the evidence, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like when you know, if I'm just gonna make a claim, like, all right, hey, I think it's Richard Dawkins. He like he uses this spaghetti flying spaghetti monster. Yeah, imagery. Richard Dawkins, uh, pretty well known atheist, um, belligerent. Uh, yeah, he's he's, he's belligerent. Not, He's not a real nice. No, there he are, seems there unhappy. Are, there are there are people that reject the idea of God, and they're still like decent human beings. Yeah, no, being a decent human being doesn't get you into heaven. No, doesn't gain you access to the Father. Right. But we're not we're not at all saying that if you don't believe in God, you're like a jerk bag. Right. No, because no, I I know some atheists who are nicer than some of the Christians that I know. Yep, sadly <laughs> true. Um, but. Uh, dude, I tell you, where was I going? Richard with that? Dawkins, he just he seems like he he's he, he's unhappy. Now I think I could be wrong. Didn't he pass away? Uh, uh, I don't think Richard Dawkins has. You're thinking um, another the other guy, Christopher Hitchens, or mm, I don't know. I don't. He was like a super mm-hmm. well known. Yeah, but anyways, one of them one of yeah. them passed away not too many years ago here. Yeah. Um, but. You know, they they talk. Why was I talk? Why did I get talk about? Well, the we're talking about the monster. difference between opinions and oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, facts. Yeah. So if I'm going to come out and tell you, oh man, right, you guys should all believe in this, you know, flying spaghetti monster in the sky kind of thing, mm-hmm. like it'd be like okay, well that seems odd. Like 
Right. Is there anything to back this up? Right. You, you make a statement that this is a fact. Right. What can you do to back that up? Mm-hmm. Uh, the beauty with Christianity mm-hmm. that I think you you don't have with some of your other you know world religions, right? Mm-hmm. Like like we actually have a pretty good base of evidence mm-hmm. to where when we talk about faith, it isn't it isn't this blind faith. No, of like oh man, yeah, this sounds like no. a great thing. It's actually it's actually very logical. Mm-hmm. And and reasonable to to believe this thing based on the evidence. Most reputable scientists today have utterly abandoned uh, the idea of the Big Bang theory. Most of them have abandoned that. Most of them um, uh, are ID scientists, intelligent design scientists. They looked at the data and they 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 may not say that it was the God of the Bible. They may not say that it's Allah or Buddha or they may not have a specific name, but they look at the evidence and the data and the facts around the creation of the world. And they say intelligent design had something to do. And then maybe it, it evolution happened over millions of years, but the in original inception of what we understand to be the earth, the cosmos, as we understand it, most reputable scientists today believe in intelligent design. Which, I mean, was, and not, and pretty, not all of them, and some no. of the most vocal ones uh, might not. Because, again, right. I mean, again it's, a, it's a fairly common thing to, to try to uh, right. create a system where we don't have a God, because that yeah. carries with it a whole lot of other... Accountability. <laughs> a whole lot of other yeah. things. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you look uh, at uh, scripture, right? I love, you know, you've got apologists out there who just, mm-hmm. you know, like, they do a fantastic job articulating the the reasons and the evidence behind the christian faith you know mm-hmm. um josh mcdowell you yes, mentioned him yes. uh, lee strobel lee strobel mm-hmm. uh frank turek uh mm-hmm. william lane craig mm-hmm. uh william lane craig comes from more of a philosophical standpoint mm-hmm. you've got uh oh man i'm drawing a blank on his name but yeah you, you've got you know within christianity you've got you've got people from the science community the mathematics mm-hmm. community the philosophical community like mm-hmm. all you know, really articulating kind of the reasons and the evidence behind the faith, mm-hmm. right? Which I would say, and and maybe this is an oversimplification, like a lot of our faith actually hinges on the fact the fact of the resurrection. Yes, right. Because you know, and Ryan said this in his message mm-hmm. Sunday, right? I mean, if if Jesus never rose from the dead, right? I mean, he was just another Jewish boy that mm-hmm. was born, and yep, he had some people follow him mm-hmm. around for a while, and then he died. But and a lot of world faiths say that, that he was a real person and yes. he was just a good teacher. Yes. Or or a prophet, right? Or within, prophet. within Islam, mm-hmm. they would mm-hmm. acknowledge Jesus as a prophet, mm-hmm. uh, but they would not say that he's the son of God, the savior, you know, any of right. that stuff. Um, yeah. Dude, I'm just, my brain, like I get going down a trail and no, I no. just like, I just totally... Well, I, I think that uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, Ryan's position in setting up those two things, the idea of a of an opinion versus a fact and the way that you guys, you and Pam, for those that weren't in the room, uh, Josh and Pam got on stage as hosting the, the service and they threw out different candies like who likes this kind of candy? Well, that's, you know, of course, it's all opinion, whether you like chocolate or black licorice or any of those. Kind right. Of if you if you think that Folgers coffee is good, that's your opinion. It is. It's not good. I, I mean, I don't I don't know if it's a right opinion. No. <laughs> Pam and Frank and LaBarba. But uh, also we say about coffee is if it makes you happy, drink yes. it the way it makes yes. you happy. That's that's really what's important. But 
Um, I think that the veracity of the of the the faith is really important. And guys like Josh McDowell, particularly with the canon of the scripture, you know, like the second most canonized document on on the face of the earth is the Iliad, right? Homer's Iliad. And there's something like several hundred. Um, yeah, not. I mean, comparatively, <clears throat> very few. When Josh McDowell wrote Evidence Demands a Verdict, three volumes, that was in the mid-90s, I believe. At that time, there was 15,000-plus documents at that time. For Scripture. For Scripture scripture. being verifiable, a historical document, that they are, uh, the veracity is there. Um, And now, you know, 2023, they're digging and finding, and and there's so much more that's proving the Scriptures to be true. I saw, Josh, I have not watched it yet. Listeners, viewers, your this is your own discretion as to whether you want to watch this or not. <laughs> I'm curious where you're going with this. Joe Rogan had a scientist on his YouTube channel last week. I saw the headline: um, "Archaeological Proof of of a Great Flood." Hmm. Which I mean, you'll have guys. You know, there are guys that would argue like you've got ape loads of geological evidence. Yes. For a great flood, right? I mean, yes. what what we look at as, and I'm not a geologist. I'm not Carbon a geologist. I've got an uncle who's a geologist. He knows way more about this than me. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I don't I'm know. just no. spitting out stuff I've heard. Same. So, <laughs> but, Story of my life. But the things that we look at it is like layers <laughs> of like, oh, well, this was this yeah. time period. This was this time yeah. period. Uh, you've got some that would look at it and say, well, no, that all just happened at once because man, when the water exploded from under the under the crust of the earth yes <laughs> it exposed all yes. of these various layers so um yeah. but yeah you've got tons of material out there yeah. uh, again if you want to dig into it man through the church you have access to right now media mm. uh, i would encourage you jump in there you can look up uh, josh or sean mcdowell you can look up mm-hmm. at which uh josh and sean actually do they do a whole um segment in one of their series on right now media about manuscripts Mm. Because again, I mean, one of the things that you look at historically with manuscripts is how many manuscripts and like what was the what was the time gap? Mm-hmm. You know, like hey, how long after the events that they record were these things written? Mm-hmm. And like I think it's with the Iliad, like you've got relatively few copies. Yeah. And Gaps. like the gap from yeah. when it was supposed to have been written and yeah. these manuscripts is hundreds of years. Yeah. Versus you've got a really yeah. small gap. For like what we have written, the manuscripts mm-hmm. that record the events of like the Gospels, for example, mm-hmm. right? Those were written very shortly after the events actually happened. Mm-hmm. So these are all things that add to the credibility yes. of the Gospels. You know, sometimes the Gospels get written off as, well, we can't really trust those because they have a bias. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make them any less of an actual historical document. No. Just because you don't like what it says. And whether you're a person of faith or not, that doesn't matter. They're historical documents. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and then add to that the Roman and Jewish historians Mm -hmm. that uh, reference Jesus and some Mm -hmm. of the the events of his life, right? Like Mm -hmm. you've got, you've got pretty good, uh, pretty good. Uh, uh, supply of of evidence so yeah so when we talk about the fact Mm -hmm. right and and i love i love you know uh kind of what pastor andy stanley says he's right like man if you really want to boil it down he's like in jesus you've got a guy that said hey i'm i'm the son of god i'm gonna die and then i'm gonna i'm gonna raise myself back to life uh and then he does it like that i'm i'm gonna go with whatever that guy says so if that guy yeah. Who says he's going to die and come back from the dead? Yeah. Does that? Yeah. And he's the same guy that says, "I'm the only way to the Father. 
uh, let's 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 go with what he says. The prophecies, <laughs> the fulfilled prophecies, are are some of the best places to really see your faith bolstered. Historical facts that took place. I mean, who who can who can say where they're going to be born? Who who can you can't do such a thing? Right. There are hundreds of prophecies. I, I heard said many years ago, and this is in Josh McDowell's book. Uh, a mathematician figured out the actual mathematical odds of I think six or seven of the prophecies that Jesus actually fulfilled in his life, right? Josh, it, they, this is what it looks like. It would be like us uh, taking one silver dollar, right? Take a Sharpie, we put an X on that silver dollar. Then we cover the state of Texas, which takes 24 hours to drive across, if you didn't know, a Texas day. Texas is a pretty big... Uh, yeah. yeah, left to right, east to west. So you got one with an X on it, and then you cover the state of Texas one foot deep, in silver dollars. That's a lot of silver dollars. You and me get up in a plane and we skydive out of a plane into the state of Texas. And on the first try, we drop down and we grab the one with the X on it. <laughs> that would actually be, that's like a dude perfect video. They've got to do something yeah. with that. Dude perfect. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you do need to, you do, listeners, viewers, uh, the claims of Jesus are, are, and the claims of scripture are something that you must consider. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you need to come to terms with these historical facts. And don't and don't be lazy, right? And this no. this is the I, I would say this to Christians and to those of you that are if you're an atheist, if you're faith if adjacent. you follow you know some other some other uh, faith, mm-hmm. but like do the work, like yeah. examine the evidence, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you're an atheist, don't just read Richard Dawkins. Sure, because guess what? You're you're going to live in an echo chamber of your own philosophy mm-hmm. and ideology. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not examining the evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just you're just gonna be like, oh well, uh, here's what Richard does. Well, no, he just parrots back to you what you already believe, which Challenge is very yourself. common. The echo chamber is is even more of a thing in our culture. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You, you see this politically. Yes. You see this spiritually. Mm-hmm. You see this, yeah, in in a variety of of, mm-hmm. of contexts in life. Uh, yeah, we we create these little things because it's uncomfortable to have our mm-hmm. our presuppositions and and assumptions challenged. Yeah, but guess what, like. Get over yourself. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, because I, and yeah. this is why I say, I, I would, I would say this to, to, to people in and out of the faith, like do the work, yeah. man. Maybe you, you spent the last 50 years of your life in church. You're mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, this is what I believe. Why do you believe it right now? This, this can, this can play out. <laughs> I've been doing that. Now hear me. Th- this can play out in, <laughs> and we've seen this recently, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in, in, in mainstream Christianity, kind of this, this quote unquote deconstruction mm-hmm. movement where you've got people walking away from the faith, mm-hmm. there are elements of that that I think are good, not walking away from your faith. But if you're genuinely asking the question, well, hey, yeah. here's what I say that I believe. Yes. Well, why do I believe that? Yes. And do I actually live as though that's true? Paul David Tripp is a, is an author, pastor, uh, really, really. Shepherd s- of shepherds. Oh, he's brilliant. And he's got a phenomenal mustache. Have you, seen, have you seen his mustache? Yeah, he's like the guy. We got the one guy at church that has that. Yeah, he's got like it, it's Larry. Like, no, you're thinking Randy Rice. Randy Rice. Randy Rice. He's got that sweet, the curly Q mustache thing going yes. on. Yeah. Yes. So Paul David Tripp, he he yeah. he uses this idea of of confessional versus functional theology. Mm-hmm. Confessional theology is what I say I believe, mm-hmm. right? Functional theology is. The way that I actually live based on my beliefs. That'll preach, right? if, Josh. I, if I believe that God is in control, <laughs> yeah, right. But every yeah. time uh, something happens that is outside of my control, I freak out. 
And I, I was like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What you believe just came to the surface. Okay. So ultimately, <laughs> I believe that I'm in control because if yeah. I can't control it, now I'm freaking out. I say that I believe God is in control, but functionally, that's not actually how I live my life. Yeah. So so there's a, there's a, a, a discrepancy uh, in those things. But mm-hmm. I think really starting to peel back the layers and asking... What do I believe? Mm-hmm. Why do I believe it? Mm-hmm. Do you believe it just because this is what you you were taught your whole life growing up in church? Yep. Do you believe it because it actually, it well, this just appeals to me? Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. I'm picking, and man, I've, we've probably got some of our Radiant Institute people that listen. I was going to give a shameless plug in just a moment if you didn't. Okay. But I mean, but one of the things that we have them do, right? And, and if, you're, if you're an Institute peep and you're listening, I'm not trying to pick on you because- because this, this is just reality, right? Like one of the things that we did in one of our, we talked, we talked about the doctrine of eternity. Like, but I mean, we talked a little bit about, about heaven and hell and, and we did an mm-hmm. exercise where they had to kind of describe what they think heaven will be like. Mm. And the majority heaven is something that looks a whole lot like their ideal vacation. Like we pattern Really? Our idea of heaven after our preferences. Really? But I think we do this with lots of our beliefs. It's anthropomorphic. Right. If, if we, we don't like the idea of God being a certain way, so mm-hmm. in our mind, we believe that God is this way because that's a lot more palatable mm-hmm. than this version yeah. of God over here. What does scripture say? Right? Is, is it a God that we've made in our own image? Mm. Or are we submitting to the God that re- has revealed himself to us mm-hmm. in nature, has revealed himself to us history. in scripture, mm-hmm. has, has worked consistently yeah. throughout the history of, of humanity? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, man, so in that sense, the, that's a nugget of good, if you will, in that whole idea of deconstruction. Because I think a lot of us are lazy with our faith, mm-hmm. whether our we believe in God, whether we believe in Allah, whether we believe in yeah. nothing, you know, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I think atheists, atheism is as much a faith system, as much a belief system of course it as is. Christianity. Of course it is. It's, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the, the evidence of things unseen, right? So an atheist who hasn't seen God that says God doesn't exist is exercising faith. Yes. They are exercising faith. Yes. And that's okay. That's your prerogative to do. On that note of dis- uh, deconstruction, Josh, you know, some of the listeners, viewers know my story. I came from a church that was really broken and doctrinally and theologically really, really sideways. And so when I came to Radiant Life, Sturgis Wesleyan, um, I had this process of deconstruction to where eventually I could say to myself and say of my own family, our family identifies and would say we have come out mm. of the Messianic or Hebrew roots movement. We have disassociated with that form of faith, that form of, of religious mm-hmm. practice. Um, and I find uh, even over the past several years, that's been years ago now, but uh, the process of deconstruction, I think, is one of the most important things that a follower of Jesus can do. I actually think it's a significant part of the, the maturing process spiritually. It is. It is. Because we like in, in one sense, we think, oh, well, we're supposed to have childlike faith. Mm hmm. But we're also like in Acts 17, the Bereans are commended because they tested everything daily, right? Like they're, they're saying, mm, is what you're teaching me true, mm-hmm. right? Does this measure up against the word of God, mm-hmm. right? If, if we look at scripture mm-hmm. as our, as our benchmark, like that's, that's what everything mm-hmm. breaks against. And if it, if yep. it doesn't, if it doesn't hold up, right? well then 
the onus is on me to change, mm -hmm. not to try to change scripture mm -hmm. to suit my preferences and my needs, which unfortunately is what you see happening. Uh, you know, this is where, you know, not to, not to get, get hyper-focused on one area, right? But like with the LGBTQ plus yes. conversation and, and how that plays out in churches, mm -hmm. you've got churches that have shifted doctrine mm -hmm. based on cultural opinions, the tide. Right? And, and mm -hmm. we're saying, well, I don't think God really meant it's like, ah, uh, mm -hmm. it, it's pretty, pretty black and white, uh, in there. Yeah. But we change yeah. scripture to suit our, our preferences, uh, rather than changing our preferences <laughs> to be in line with what God is. I mean, if we're, if we're going to say, say double click on that, Josh, on opinions and facts there, how does a person do that? Like, okay, we're talking about Easter Sunday, resurrection, because of the death of Christ that he that he raised from the dead. Death death couldn't hold him. What is what's the onus? What, like, what's our responsibility in testing our own faith? What does that look like? Like, what's it look like in your life? Well, for me, I mean, and if this doesn't answer the question, just just tell me. But like, I mean, for me, it is. It's asking that question. Like, wait, what do I actually believe, and why do I believe it? Right? Like, I mean, so for me. I, th I think there are a couple of things that are that are key, right? Like, first of all, what do I believe about Scripture, mm -hmm. right? Like, do I believe that this is is the Word of God? Do mm -hmm. I believe that this is inspired? Do I believe that this is authoritative? Mm -hmm. uh, if so, if if confessionally that's my belief, mm -hmm. okay. Well, now I have to ask the question. Okay. Well, am I actually living according to what this says? Mm -hmm. You know, so Bible's now, foundational. The Bible is foundational, okay. right? I, I have to, I have to start to say, well, well, am am I in line with this, or mm -hmm. are there things that I'm doing? Are there ways that I'm living mm -hmm. that that go against what we see God lay out in Scripture for us? Mm -hmm. And if and if I find myself at odds with Scripture, I say, okay, well, I guess Holy Spirit, what do you want to do here? Because so let me ask you that question, Josh. Uh, you said a moment ago that you felt like deconstruction is a biblical process of maturation. It, right? it, it can't. I mean, if if it's done right to the right end, if it's done right, I'm with you. Yes, I agree completely because there is an unbiblical approach. Um, if you would be transparent and you would be bold, uh, let's say in the last two years of your life, what's an area in your life where through that maturing process, you've double clicked on it and you're like, wait a minute. I've always thought this, but now as I read scripture and I think about the practices, my own disciplines, my own experience in the faith as a follower of Jesus in a, in the context of community, what is something small or big that, that you feel like God has shifted your thinking and, uh, yeah, shifted. So, so, I mean, one of them, and I've, I've, I've probably been on like kind of a, a, a pendulum over the course of my life, but I think one of the things in the last couple of years, uh, is when we talk about the sovereignty of God. Mm. Um, just, I mean, as you, you came up reformed. So I grew, I grew up, I grew up in the, in the Christian reformed church. Um, right. then, then I went to the assemblies of God church, okay. which is, they're, they're a little bit different. Yes. <laughs> the CSC yes. and the AG. Um, yes. But this doesn't mean anything to most of you, but, but the AG would be more like Arminian, uh, which is Wesleyan theologically, mm -hmm. uh, like Jacob Arminius. Mm -hmm. He, he, yeah, we, we don't have time to get into all that. <laughs> Come to the Institute. Y'all need to get involved. <laughs> yeah, so you, you I was involved in a co I'm involved in a cohort right now that meets once a month on Tuesdays. And when I heard about the Institute, I was like, oh my goodness, I want to be a part of that because 
if you want to grow and like really get solidified in your faith, Josh and Ryan, Josh isn't going to say this, but I'm going to, they, God has used them by the Holy spirit to craft a beautiful, very functional, um, maturing process that one can go through learning all sorts of things, history of the scripture, history of the church, a lot of really great things. Uh, when can they sign up for that? Let's just quickly so tangent. Th- that actually, way. there's there's an application right now that's live. We're going to do an informational meeting on May 21. Okay. It's a Sunday. After each okay. service, Ryan and I are going to do an informational meeting uh, about the Institute. But there is an application that's live. I mean, somebody can, I can. Okay. When's the next one start if, so, if you've uh, applied? So our next round will start in September. So okay. September 12 of 2023. And that starts and the it, first a, seminar or nine month semester. Overall, it's a nine month. So, so we run uh, two 12 week semesters and then an eight week semester. Uh-huh. Um, so we talk about the biblical story. Mm-hmm. We, we, teach how to read scripture in context mm-hmm. um we look at the overall narrative of scripture because we would suggest that that from genesis to revelation is one story holy uh, which is part mm-hmm. of what makes it so awesome you mm-hmm. know over 1500 years you've got 40 yeah. some authors mm-hmm. uh and they're not google searching uh each other but they no cross-referencing wikipedia yeah, they consistently uh point to the same mm-hmm. thing um so we talk about that our second semester that we just wrapped up here a couple of weeks ago, we talk about doctrine. And mm-hmm. we have all of the students. Yeah. What do you believe about this? Yeah. Here, here, we just taught you something, but don't just take my word yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go out there and say, well, Pastor Josh and Pastor Ryan say it's this. So I sure. guess that's no. No, no, no. Be a Berean. Yeah. Test everything. Yeah, yeah. Don't I could be I could be lying to you. Sure. I mean I'm I'm not trying. Well, to, each person I also, I believe, does have an expression of faith. Like, I love what you said about the scriptures. Like, for you, this is 100% foundational. And then you, you spoke of the sovereignty of God. But there is some some space for us to understand and see things slightly differently oh, in some yes. areas. Yes, and, and I think... And I love that you guys present it that way. And I think that we would do well to broaden our perspective mm, come on because the problem is right like yep. like if, if we only it goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago about the echo chamber mm-hmm. right if i if i grow up in a system that only teaches based on the the ideas of jacob arminius mm-hmm. and i never am exposed to like hey well what did john kelvin have to say mm-hmm. like i'm i'm limiting my yeah my options to just this one guy yeah like and his interpretation of scripture. Yeah, uh, you need to you need to broaden your your perspectives and and take it in. Because guess what, man, you might you might not come out of the institute and be like, you know what, I think I'm a five point Calvinist now. <laughs> but but I mean, like John Kelvin was a really smart dude. Yes, and he based his stuff on scripture. What well, like he, he believed it. Said. He wasn't like mm-hmm. he wasn't like you know what, let's yeah. just come up with something totally let's crazy. Turn here. to the book of Spartacus and uh, let's see if we can get anybody to buy into this. No, like it's yeah, like it's it's solid, very yeah. rooted in scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you read Armenian tune. Yeah, well, yeah. Josh, so you, you said sovereignty is something. Just your perceptions of sovereignty uh, coming up. Ag being reformed. Talk a little bit more about that. What what changed in your heart and in your praxis? Uh, well, around so, surrounding sovereignty so this this gets back to actually what i was kind of talking about when i initially brought up functional and confessional that was that was that was partially uh me right because mm. I, I like to be able to control things mm. right like when things are not in my control uh that makes me a little more nervous um so for me i really liked 
a more Arminian view of the sovereignty of God where I have a lot more say and I can now, I mean, I, I'm not saying that we don't have free will, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, yeah, there's, there's a tension there. It's, this it's, would be a long podcast if we went there. It's somewhere in the middle. Uh, but I really like this free will because that meant it's more in my control. Mm-hmm. The more I read scripture and that's why I say that's, I'm like, okay, there are times where God is pretty much just in control. He's picking. <laughs> He's choosing. He's like, no, nope, he's electing. This is, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. And then that happens. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, so that's where, again, you have to kind of wrestle and be like, well, wait, does, mm-hmm. do I, do I accept that? Or do I try to like rationalize that? Well, you know, really it was, you know, he was doing this other thing because, mm-hmm. you know, or do I read scripture and say, okay, well, at least sometimes. God just does what God wants to do. Yeah, King of the universe. And, and am I, can I be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Can I can I be okay not having? Yeah, nearly. Because <clears throat> here's the deal: the old the older I get, the older I get, the more I realize things are not. There's very little that I can actually control. Sovereignty it, <clears throat> it grows as you grow older. I would agree. I would I would agree with that. Yes, and <clears throat> your your focus and desire and and I I would say mindset. You know. Um, have you you turned 40 yeah you did i will be yeah I will, october i'll turn 40 yeah so josh you got a big birthday coming up uh but when you hit that 40 ish mark you do begin thinking and sovereignty does it does come to the surface in the in the second half of life yeah because it's just again mm-hmm. that realization like i'm not nearly as in control of things uh as i thought i was mm. i'm not nearly as in control of things as i would like to be Mm-hmm. Uh, am I going to be able to trust God? Mm-hmm. Right, and for me, sometimes <clears throat> some of the things that really led to that was like I, I would have moments of of fear or anxiety over things, mm-hmm. and and just that whisper of God said, "Hey, like I've got this. Mm-hmm. I've got this." Why so sovereignty became a comfort? Yes, which mm-hmm. I will say this. Wow, that was always something of like after shifting away from kind of like the the reformed camp and and being in some of these other you know swimming in some of these other ponds like. Like I was always, and I've maybe mentioned this on the podcast before. Like I was always jealous of the level of peace and comfort my grandpa Joelman found in the sovereignty of God. In the sense, I remember as a, as a seventeen year old kid, first time I was going to fly ever. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm over talking to my grandpa, Grandma Joelman, and and my grandpa says, "Oh, like how are you excited to fly?" I'm like, "No, grandpa, like I'm nervous." He's like, "Well, why are you nervous?" And he says, and I'm like, well, Grandpa, what if the plane crashes? You know, like, I'm 17 years old. There's a and lot of stuff like, I wanted. What if it does? <laughs> well, and he, and he said, he said, he says, why, why does that make you nervous? He says, doesn't matter if you're on an airplane or if you're at home in a rocking chair. Like, if, yeah. if this is the time God yes. is going to take you, yeah, that's the time he's going to take you. I mean, so for yeah. him, like this idea that, man, ultimately God holds everything in his hand. Mm-hmm. He, at least in my perception, he found great comfort in that. Mm-hmm. And, and as I walked through seasons in life where I just, I was, because by nature, we've talked about this before, I'm a six on the Enneagram, mm-hmm. I'm fear-driven, right? Like, like that was, I was jealous of that. I'm like, man, I want that level of comfort mm-hmm. in, in God's ability to con- control things. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense that I'm like, well, hey, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to let God take care of everything. Right. Because we're still called to be active participants yeah. in our faith. Yeah. Um, I don't know, that was kind of long-winded. Did I even answer your question? You did. Okay. I, I just was interested in, in having <laughs> listeners and viewers um, hear how how something that was a fact in your life as a Christian, 
maybe changed towards mm-hmm. being your strong opinion. Because I, I do think a, a lot of times in the faith, uh, we do close ourselves off from practices and things that God, and I'm speaking within the Christian faith. Hear me when I say yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first time we recorded this, we used the term heterodoxical, uh, which is a, a term that is used to say Christianity and, and dox, you know, can be part of your faith. I like to use the term heterodoxical in, in gleaning from different Christian faith practices as a way to inform my, my walk with God. Um, you know, there was a time I can confess, I can confess this. Uh, there was a time early in my Christian life, late nineties, early two thousands, Josh, I didn't even think uh, Catholic people could be saved. I didn't even think they were Christians, which is, I thought that they were, that they would have to become Protestants in order to get to heaven because of some of the things, the traditions that I saw in the Catholic faith that I couldn't come to terms. I couldn't reconcile with what I was reading in the Bible Mm. as a, as a, 20 something Bible college student. Like, (laughs) like I knew anything Um, fast forward 24 years that I've walked with Jesus. I could see that there are so many beautiful brothers and sisters in Christ uh, and, and priests particularly that God has used uh, to further my faith in Jesus. What I call myself. No, I'm obviously not Catholic. I work and minister at a Wesleyan (laughs) church, Um, but just that openness, what was a fact like this rigid, like stone cold controlled thing that I would get, you know, red in the face to tell you about, uh, has man with age and, and sovereignty, there's a softening that happens in your life where you begin to say, I just don't know as much. Yeah. There are, there are far fewer Hills that I will die on now than if you, if you rewind 20 years. Yeah. Oh man. I, I thought I had everything figured out. Yeah. Like, Oh nope this is what god oh, says y'all yeah. are wrong if you don't think this like i mean oh. there were a lot, i would die on just about every hill i know same <laughs> i'd go down i'd go down yep. fighting yep. uh that number has dwindled to, to significantly very yes i mean su- substantially yep. reduced those things and i find myself getting in those conversations with people where they've got this particular hill that they want to stand on i'll give you an example so our company has productions we produce content and um we, we had a particular client who was really like medical doctor, actually producing a podcast for this medical doctor, but a person of faith and charismatic faith, like really, really serious about COVID and like Christians can't get COVID and like, huh? you know, you don't, if you have faith, you don't need a vaccine and all, I mean, whatever your opinions are about the vaccine or whether you should get it or not that's do, not do, the conversation do your research don't do, the government don't just buy the government's yes. opinion don't just listen to anybody else yes. like do the research but this like, person was really kind of but then they would say but you know if you can get it if you think you should so they kept saying going back and forth then this person uh in the charismatic world the gift of tongues uh in the middle of their teaching would just burst out into tongues so for my persuasion in the scriptures i believe there's an interpretation required paul i believe that that. and i believe all things to be done in decency and order so i'm talking with our producer like we have a we've got a video producer on our staff and this is like he's losing peace with god and i and i keep coming back to him he's like hey should we keep producing this content like none of those things are deal breakers to me because they're not they're not questioning the person and nature of jesus they're pardon me they're not 
very intelligent things like to say that you don't need a vaccine or you should or shouldn't get it, I think is an unintelligent approach. It's an approach that you should not be doing. You should allow the Lord by his Holy Spirit and people talking to their own medical doctors, make their own choices for their own bodies to do what they think they should do. So I don't think it's a smart thing, but does it question the gospel of Jesus Christ? No, it doesn't. No, there was a time, Josh, I would have called that person and be like, we are not producing your show. (laughs) Kick rocks. Forget you. Blah, 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 blah. And just vented every single thing that I thought that they needed to hear about what I thought. And I just kept pushing it back on our producers. I'm not going to choose this for you. You need to let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. This must be the barometer. And if you are losing peace about Mm. putting your hands to this content, then there's way more important things than money in our lives. And we're going to follow, I'm going to follow the Lord's leading in your life. I don't care if it costs me money. I don't care whether I agree with you or not. You're going to choose because you're the one he's literally physically like assembling the content. Mm. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm on the sales side and customer service, that kind of thing. Uh, but it was just this beautiful way of, of seeing, like I, I can see th- because of deconstruction, God has dealt with immaturity in my faith. Am I, am I, have I arrived and am I fully mature? Of course not. Of course not. You and other people who know me would agree. They, you know, yo, there's areas, Josh, JBD's really growing, but I'm thankful to look back in my faith and say, Jesus, I see your hand in my life and helping me take a whole bunch of things that were in the fact camp and move them over to the opinion camp where they Mm. belong. Uh, which I think the power of the resurrection, that's new life. Like that resurrection power that's working in our lives, that's bringing us more into the image of God. It's the real reason. Like the, the, the Pharisees, they would come to Jesus. You're eating with drunkards and tax collectors and harlots. (laughs) He's like, yeah, the sick are the ones who need doctors, right? The facts from the pharisaical perspective on the Torah, the the law of God, they were right. You can't do this. You can't do this, right? (laughs) Some of it was Mishnah and Talmud, we know, but, but Jesus was challenging their fact and opinion balancing load. Like, what do you see as fact? And Jesus was saying, you know, you, you've heard it said, but I say to you, and he just made this beautiful clarity of the, of the law of God in a way that we could follow him, the point of the law. And follow God. I, I just, I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, you talked about like, ooh, I'm going to write off you know, Catholics or I'm going to write, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. I, and I think a lot of times we do that. I mean, and maybe it's not with, you know, Protestant versus Catholic, but within, you know, even Protestant denominations. Mm-hmm. But here's here's the reality, right? And I haven't I haven't done a survey of every single denomination. There are way too many of them for me to do that. Over 31,000. Yeah, it's, it's a boatload. Uh, and, and I believe there is value in denomination mm-hmm. for 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 things there's there's accountability there's there's structure yes but i don't know that there's a single denomination out there mm-hmm. that you could look at all of their foundational beliefs all their you know constitute whatever mm-hmm. and say oh this one every single thing they do is 100% biblical mm-hmm. right cuz you look at catholics and say mm-hmm. oh well they do this and that doesn't line up with scripture right Honestly, like I'm not going to get into specifics, but there's at least at least one thing, one and a half things, within the Wesleyan discipline. So we're like, ah, how do we defend that biblically? Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> how do you? But same thing. Like I come out of the AG. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons, and I'm not t- I'm not just trying to pick on the AG. I, yeah. Wonderful people, wonderful yes. people. Yes. But they had a a particular doctrine mm-hmm. that 
as I went, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know that we can support this biblically. Mm-hmm. And, we we really and, need. I know we're long on time, but we really need to talk oh, about the why. Yeah. So why why are there thirty one thousand denominations? Why is there Orthodox? Why is there uh, Catholic? And why is what you said one hundred percent true? Why is it that there will will and can never be a particular church or or perception on the scriptures that's going to be one hundred percent accurate? Why? Because we're on this side of eternity, and you've got mm-hmm. men and women of God who love Jesus. Mm-hmm who have their own faith backgrounds, their own influences from childhood, their own experiences that shape and 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 kind of show, inform what they believe about God. You know, there, there's coming a time, Paul talks about us, uh, talks about in Corinthians, said that we will know as we're known. But we're not there yet. But we're not there yet. <laughs> right now it says that there is a veil. Right now we see through the glass darkly. So there's this, you, you see a window that's got like a black smear of paint. You can see light coming through. And this is really what we, we think about when we think about Wesleyans are just seeing through a dark glass. Catholics are just seeing through a dark glass. You know, uh, Presbyterians are just seeing through a dark glass. They're all looking at the same light. They're seeing it through different angles. And we're not going to have it all together. Until Jesus fully redeems us. Because we still, that was another thing Ryan really talked about. We could do a whole podcast on (laughs) the sin nature and our identity. It was beautiful. I loved it. It Resonated with my own life experience, my own faith journey. Uh, But yeah, Easter. It was good. It was was good. It was good, Josh. (laughs) And hey, man, I don't know. We, uh, we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to trust that this is the episode that, Holy Spirit needed to get out there because, mm-hmm. <clears throat> quite frankly, this conversation was totally different. It was than the one that we had yesterday when we recorded. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that one yes. didn't. That one didn't get through. Back so, to the sovereignty of so God. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna trust. We're gonna trust that somebody out there needs mm-hmm. uh, something that we said here today. But uh, yeah. yeah, and again, phenomenal Easter weekend. Yes, uh, so cool. To be able to gather with God's people, mm-hmm. sing his praises, mm-hmm. lean in to see what his word has to say to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was really good weekend. Yeah. Really good weekend. One big last order of business that we really need to talk about oh, is man. we are at like 760 subscribers now on the YouTube channel. Our goal, as you remember, was 750. We've reached that goal, surpassed it. And so the coffee event is live now. There's a sign up right now at the radiatelife.church forward slash events or just click on events and you can register. It is a registered event. We need to know how much coffee, how many uh, um, things to, to um, machines yeah, to bring. Yeah. Yeah, your token, the things we're going to yeah, send you away with. We've got a stuff. gift we want to give everybody. So that's going to happen on Saturday, May 13th in the lobby of, of the, worships, or the worship center, the lobby at Radiant Life Church. We want you to register. We are going to have a cutoff. It's going to the yes. end of the month of April. Yeah, so, so we need a couple weeks. April 30 at 1130 p.m. That is your that's your that's last it. chance. Yes. So jump in there. I'm sure Haley can throw a link in the description of this yeah, video to that on registration. YouTube. Uh, but just get signed up. Let us know mm-hmm. uh, who's coming and how many you're bringing with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it'll be good. So May 13, yep. 10 a.m. to 1130 a.m. Yep. Uh, at the uh, Radio Life Church in the lobby. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to this. We're yeah. we're super excited to share that time with you and yeah. some, share some coffee with you guys. And thank you to all the 760 subscribers that listen to us uh, go back and forth about our ideas about God and our own walk with God. It's a blessing to do this every week. Josh and I say it's one of our favorite things, uh, our favorite parts of the week. 
Um, and so, yeah, we would tell you just continue doing that. Continue liking, subscribing, give us a thumbs up on Spotify, on, on Apple iTunes. You can do an actual five-star review and actually write a review about your experience with Radiant Reflections. YouTube, we want to encourage you to subscribe because we have another new goal. When we get to a thousand subscribers, that's 240 subscribers away, we're going to do something pretty big. Yes. We don't know what yet, but it's yes. going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It won't just be a, a dope strawberry hat. That's right. Although maybe we could just buy everybody a strawberry hat for yes. that one. I don't know. That'd be cool. It's so. going to be something pretty <laughs> substantial for, for a thousand subscribers. The, uh, the unapproved yeah. idea that we talked about yesterday that will never, it'll never fly. No. But we just thought, hey, let's let's fly everybody to Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll grow your own coffee bean, Natural harvest washing. your own coffee bean, mm -hmm. process it mm -hmm. in Ethiopia, yes. and then roast some coffee and drink it. And we'll record an episode of Radiant Reflections on an Ethiopian coffee plantation. That'd actually, be amazing. I actually really want to go do that now. Me too. But it won't be that. No, but it will be something be. really cool when we reach a thousand uh, subscribers. Yeah. Again, it's not just because we're we're not just trying to like get yeah. our our pretty faces out there to people, right? We yeah. from the feedback we've gotten from you guys, mm -hmm. there is some benefit and blessing to you from the content that we bring, mm -hmm. and that's our goal, right? We wanna yep. we wanna give you uh, tools to dig deeper into Scripture, mm -hmm. to to lean more into your pursuit of Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, so if this has helped you do that, uh, it's our hope and prayer that this will also help those in your sphere of influence mm -hmm. uh, to do that as well. So that's why that's why we encourage you to like, share, subscribe, rate, review. All those good things. All those good things. Well, blessings to you on take two of episode 26 <laughs> of Radiant Reflections. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.